Hempstead to Fort Greene to Potsdam. It's 5 p.m. in the five boroughs and across the 62 counties. And so it's time for Max and Murphy, your interview and call-in show about the politics, policies, and people of New York City and New York State. I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. And this has been Max from Gotham Gazette. Jarrett, good to see you. How you doing? Doing well. Happy uh, spring. I, I, right? I, I, happy spring. spring, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, and I, I do like the fact that when we're off the air here, it's still uh, sunlight out, which is nice. It we'll is take nice. it. Uh, I heard what you did there at the top of the show. Very clever. Not today's, juvenile at all. Today's subject uh, we're discussing is marijuana legalization. And obviously, this is something that's really been percolating around in New York for a little while, but really took off when Governor Cuomo came around to supporting legalization of adult use recreational marijuana. Um, it was a subject in the governor's race last year. Cynthia Nixon was pushing for it. Governor Cuomo was coming around at that time and eventually put his support behind it. But then it seems to have hit some roadblocks as they've discussed legalization in Albany. And we're going to focus on it here today. You know, it's a subject that for years we've talked about in fairly simple terms. You know, just legalize it, I think, has been the the call to arms by folks who support that. And it sounds very simple, but it's proven to be difficult. It involves a lot of considerations about how you structure this industry you're basically creating, the licensing, where the revenue goes, and then concerns about the impact of that system on places where it's going to be implemented. And so that is the focus of our, our f- first conversation today. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, there's also there's all sorts of questions about what to do about past criminal records and expungement and record sealing. And we took a deep dive on that at Gotham Gazette, looking at the differences there and what some, you know, folks are calling for versus others. And it's very complicated. It's, it's not a simple thing. Um, and then there are also a, a lot of concerns out there. And to discuss some of those, uh, we are very pleased to be joined by our first guest. Joining us on the line is the county executive for Nassau County, Laura Curran. Welcome very much to uh, Max and Murphy. Thank you very much for having me. So talk to us about, uh, you are one of the county executives that has raised some concerns about the legalization push and indicated that you would, under the proposal that Governor Cuomo outlined, opt Nassau out from the scheme right. he was proposing. Talk about why. What were your concerns? Before I get into that, I do want to say I appreciated from Hempstead to Potsdam. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that was a coincidence, but now I see that it's not. Yes. Um, wink, wink. Yes, very clever. So it's going to be a very high-level conversation. Yes. Um, the main impetus for this decision came from a task force that I had put together. So when legalization was first being talked about, potential legalization for the state, I wanted to get all of our major stakeholders together and I formed this task force that included school officials, health experts, law enforcement, uh, people from our business community, village officials, to form subcommittees to dive deep into the data of what they, you know, what's been happening in other states where it has been legalized and what we need to do to be ready. And the overwhelming uh, conclusion from all of these different subcommittees, and there were eight of them, was that we are not ready. Here in Nassau, we are not ready. Our schools don't feel that they're ready. Um, our, you know, we're trying to revitalize our downtowns and so our chambers. We're, not, we're, we're thinking that we're not prepared for this. Law enforcement doesn't feel that they have the equipment and the resources to handle it at this moment. And our health officials also had serious concerns based on what they've seen in other states. And, you know, the data um, on marijuana is, is 
often it contradicts itself. It's not very conclusive because it's been hard to really test because it has not been legal. So there are too many unanswered questions, and the conclusion, talking with stakeholders myself, um, speaking with members of my task force, uh, led me to the conclusion that we in NASA are not ready for the sale, the legal sale of adult-use cannabis. And, of course, I understand that if it is legalized statewide, I know it's out of the budget, but it will still be discussed after that's passed. Um, I do understand that it will still be legal here to um, own it, to consume it in the privacy of your own home. Um, but the ability to buy it here and having it be so accessible, uh, I, I, we are just not in the position right now to say, yes, we're ready. So it, that sounds like it's a little bit different than saying you're against the legalization. It's a little bit more sort of hedging about where the county is and where county leadership is on whatever the timeline is assumed to be for a ramp up to allowing to allowing sales and distribution in the county. Is that is that right to parse that out? I mean, do you have a well? The other you, the other yeah. issue is is that. You know, obviously, we, we have financial problems in the county. I know, you know, the state, we're all looking for revenue. Our mm-hmm. property taxes are too high. We rely on sales taxes. We're look, always looking for creative ways to bring in revenue. So, you know, this is obviously an attractive option. But because the legislation is still fluid and we could not get a fix on how much revenue we were going to bring in, we couldn't do a proper cost-benefit analysis. We're going to get this much to offset the law enforcement costs the health cost, you know, we're going to have to have more money for, for drug treatment and that sort of thing. So we couldn't do that proper kind of analysis because we don't know what we're getting in terms of revenue. Seems like a lot of a lot of folks want some more time on this, and that's part of the reason it's been uh, seemingly moved out of budget negotiations, although in Albany we know never count anything out until the budget's finalized and something's out. That's right. That's right. But it was interesting that I, you know, after, you know, I think we're the only county that did uh, that did a, ta- a comprehensive task force. We had this very long report, over 100 pages long. I think we're the only county that has done this. I could be wrong, but I haven't heard of any yet. And I saw that after we made our decision, um, I announced that other counties started to do the same because I think they had the same concern. You know, mm, I don't think we're ready either. Now that we have this, apparently have this delay, it's not going to be part of the budget coming due between now and the beginning of April. It might and end up being on the docket before the end of session in June. That does give a few more months. Is there any chance that during that time you'll receive some of the answers you're looking for? I think it will be too soon. I don't think so, honestly. So talk about, just to, to crystallize the concerns, when you talk about, for instance, schools, schools not being ready, what exactly would they need to do? And and if you're not ready now, um, I wonder if part of your decision has been to say, we're not ready now, but we're going to now take steps to make ourselves ready because this might be coming down the road. That's a great question. You know, it could very well be coming down the road. This seems to be the trend uh, nationwide. You know, some people are saying it's just a matter of time. I don't know for sure, but, you know, that a case could be made. Uh, we have a program right now in our schools, in many of our schools, called Too Good for Drugs, and it teaches kids, even as young as elementary school, about making good choices and uh, taking care of themselves, having self-respect and all of that. Um, I think we, our school officials have said we need to beef up those kinds of programs. We need to beef up the education because kids are gonna, there's just going to be around more. They're going to have more opportunity. We all know people, you know, people are already using it and teenagers are already using 
marijuana. It's no secret. But the fact that it's going to be around more, that kids are going to be sort of faced with the choice of should I or shouldn't I more often, um, our school officials want to make sure that they have the proper kind of education program so kids can make the smart choice for themselves. And on the law enforcement, one example, right? And, and on the law enforcement front, say a little bit more about what some of the concerns that have come out of the task force. The, the concerns are, are um, in the states where marijuana has been legalized. It is, you know, according to surveys, young people see the danger of driving while high go down. The number of young people who say driving while high is a, is a serious risk goes down after it's legalized. So we're concerned about increased, there's increased um, traffic fatalities in some of these states. Also, how do you test? The testing is very tricky because it it's different from alcohol. You know, THC affects different people differently. How do you measure it? Do we, do we have the proper equipment to measure it? Um, you can smoke marijuana or consume marijuana and your THC level at first is quite high. After a couple of hours, your THC level goes lower but you're still feeling the effects. Mm-hmm. So the testing of it while driving is a real tricky Now that's one though that for law enforcement. That's one though that seems like that's not going anywhere if the state legalizes because you almost you know in some respects you might even see sort of an increase issue with that in Nassau if folks have to go to let's say uh, Queens to you know to buy recreational marijuana if you're not allowing the sales in Nassau um, and and there's a chance that that there's actually you know longer drives involved and people are smoking and driving um, you know almost more regularly you still you still would need to figure that piece out right yeah. That's a very good point. And, And, you know, to your point, we really are a car culture out here in the Burbs. Mm -hmm. Nassau and Suffolk, um, I think we're number two and uh, number one and number two in terms of, of, of fatalities as it is in the car because we because we have so many people driving. Um, We're seeing those numbers go down. But I'm concerned that this will this could increase the number of fatalities. But I mean, your point is a good one that more people will be driving to get it. And we'll still have to deal with the consequences of it. And that is something I gave a lot of thought to, plus not getting the revenue. So, I mean, right. And I assume I assume there's some uh, has to be some discussion as part of this with the state about about where resources are going, even if uh, there's opting out, because law enforcement will have to figure out some of the things that that you mentioned. Sorry, Jared, you were going to jump in there. I know just going to say uh, you're listening to Max and Murphy on WBAI. We're speaking with Laura Curran, the county executive for Nassau County about marijuana legalization. If you want to call and ask a question, number here is 212-209-287. Uh, Madam County Executive, I'm curious, you know, you talked about the the panels you convened, the task force and the decision they made that you guys didn't feel you were ready. I guess it's it's easy to see how this could be a, a, a daunting task for any jurisdiction to implement so many, as you mentioned, unanswered questions and, and so much need for new infrastructure. But I, I, I wonder, what's the feeling about the status quo um, in terms of how this system operates now and how, um, you know, problems of dependency are handled and how it's policed and the racial disparities in policing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel about that? And, and, you know, it's one thing not to make a historic change as a state, but does that indicate that the status quo is acceptable to, to you? Well, you talk about the racial disparities and that, you know, that is real here as well. Um, you know, our police commissioner has shared those numbers. And in fact, we do have 
a higher per, you know per capita of minorities facing law enforcement because of this than whites. That's that's true. And in fact, in the report, um, in the uh, the law the law enforcement subgroup, you know, we're talking about you know they're they're actually bringing up issues of decriminalization. That's something that we could talk about. And do you have a, a before we we take a call? Do you have a, a personal stand on that? Do you have a you know Do you have a sense of where you want to come down on that? I understand you know even with the task force, you were doing more of a you know a democratic approach to this lowercase D um, and and really mm-hmm. bringing in experts and trying to listen to members of the community. But also, you obviously have a lot to say in the in any of these decisions personally. Yes. And when it comes to that issue, talking with our district attorney, Madeline Singas, talking with our police commissioner, um, you know, that's, that's something we will absolutely explore and have more conversations about how that would look here. We do have a call. Uh, hi, welcome to Max and Murphy. What's your question for the county executive? Hi, yeah. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm an educator, uh, not um, out in Long Island, but in New York City. And... Um, just listening to the uh, proposal, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's, like, uh, fully developed or anything like that. Maybe it's just at the spitball phase, but it strikes me as incredibly naive to call something uh, too good for drugs. I mean, that's, like, flattening all distinctions and comes straight out of, like, the you know 1980s war on drugs. Kids are smoking weed, as you've said, and I think giving kids the information, maybe, like, the latest neuroscience about how, you know, wait till you're able, your brain is ready, and you can make the decision. Too good for drugs is saying to them, oh, you think that one drug, you think that heroin is the same as marijuana, so why should I listen to you? Because you're obviously out to lunch on that. All right, thank you, caller. That interesting point, uh, Madam County Executive. I don't know how much you know about that curriculum, but how realistic is it? And, and is it based on science and a, a realistic sense of, of you know what modern patterns of behavior are? It's a great question. I mean, we can argue about the name. Maybe it, it is a little um, 1980s-ish. Uh, I know my kids have gone through it in the public schools, and I've, you know, I've looked at the curriculum. And it's, for the younger kids, this is, you know, fourth and fifth graders, it's more about making good choices. When you're in an uncomfortable situation, how do you handle it? Sort of gives you the words. It doesn't say, you know, never do this and never do that. But it kind of just builds confidence and builds strategies teaches kids strategies on how to deal with things that they're not comfortable with, how to, you know, gracefully uh, and firmly say no when you're confronted with something that you're not comfortable with. So that whatever life presents them with, because life will present them with all kinds of choices, they'll, the, the goal of this curriculum is to get them to make the best choices for themselves. And we do have another, uh, whatever that may be, right? And we do have another call to come on. But I just wanted to ask quickly if, if, if you know if, if alcohol is part of that curriculum as well, because you know one thing that obviously a lot of folks bring up around the marijuana right. discussion is is alcohol use and the fact that you know you can't go five feet in New York without without hitting a, a store that sells alcohol, um, and and obviously all the dangers there, and that you know there are studies that show alcohol to be more dangerous than marijuana. I, I, for the little kids, I'm not sure uh, if they go, if they talk about specific substances, but I know that that is part of the overall curriculum for the older kids. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. You know, I have a middle schooler in the public schools, <laughs> and they talk about all kinds of things. Certainly. No, yeah, no, I wasn't thinking necessarily <laughs> for the youngest, but just generally yeah. in, in the school yeah, educational absolutely. programming. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go to another call. You're on the line here on Max and Murphy with the county executive from Nassau, Laura Curran. What's your question? Um, I, I was just thinking, um, for one, the boogeyman of the, the marijuana has been a boogeyman since, like you said, the 50s, 60s. It's been classified as, like, worse than just as bad as Halloween. People have been punished out the gazoo for it, little, like, little misdemeanor crimes for it, too. Everybody gets thrown in the slammer, which is very profitable for very few people, a bunch of pensioners and a couple of companies that bought our jails. So you think they're just going to set these people free? I doubt it. But the other thing is we're spending so much money on all of these programs with all these pensioners double-dipping people, you know, always trying to help, but they're always making tons of money off it. These kids have nothing better to do but smoke a joint and forget the crappy life they have. Do you have a, do you have a question? Well, I think there is a question in that about the expungement versus um, sealing of records versus what to do with past convictions. And I wonder, uh, County Executive, if you have a feeling about that, if that's something that your task force looked into, the implications of different approaches to past convictions, that's obviously uh, a point of contention even among folks who are still supportive of this move. What's your feeling about that? Well, because the state law is still fluid, we haven't seen a final version of it yet. It's hard to say. So I want to see what the law says before I before I comment on it. It does. I mean, it does seem like that's the thing that might be decided as part of of state legalization that you might not even have have any. You know, there might be an opt out on whether you can sell recreational marijuana, but you might not have much say in terms of the law enforcement uh, consequences of past convictions or or moving forward. Correct. Would it, that, right. And mm-hmm. so whatever the state passes, that's the law. We'll abide by it, whatever the law is. Mm-hmm. We're going to take one more call. Yeah, one more call for the county executive. You're on Max Murphy on WBAI. What's your question? Hi, county executive. I am a resident of Nassau County. Um, Hello. Where do you live? <laughs> I live in Glen Cove. Oh, very nice. You're from Freeport, right? Baldwin, close. Baldwin, yeah. You were on a school board before that, before you being a legislator, I remember, or something. Right? Go ahead with That's the, right. <laughs> go ahead with your question, please. Well, my question is, you know, Nassau County, you cannot make a budget in Nassau County because you're still subject to NIFA. Mm-hmm. How much money have you looked into? How much, you know, because we pay taxes in Nassau County. My mother pays taxes, and we can no longer afford to pay the taxes. How much money will generate in revenue from that. And also, the studies. I do not think the studies have are actual are actually there. I mean... Let's stick with your question on revenue. Thanks for the call. Uh, so, County Executive Curran, uh, do you have a sense of uh, any any sense, really, of the kind of um, revenue that you might be leaving? You know, you mentioned this earlier. Any sense of the revenue you might be so sort of leaving? So, the Glencoe caller makes a good point. <laughs> we have serious financial problems here in the county that are, you know, date back for decades. And that was the main thing. You know, revenue, obviously, we're always looking for revenue, as I said before. But we don't know how much this would bring in. Um I get the sense it's not going to be very much, but who knows? I would love to see how much revenue this brings in, and would it be enough to offset the effects of adult use legal sales? 
And, you know, how much left over would there be? It's a bit of a tricky situation where you're sort of have certain uh, moral objections and law enforcement objections and things like that. And then you sort of have to weigh just very raw financial yeah. numbers. And, and is this it's worth true. it? I, I know there's a lot of discussions yeah. around casinos like that, right? It's, you know, it's something exactly. that... Exactly. Yeah. At, at what cost? Mm-hmm. And then when we don't even know what that would be, what the money looks like... It uh, it makes it that much harder to say to say that we that this is good for us. So we're in our last minute or two here with Nassau County Executive Laura Kern. We thank you for joining us here. I, I wanted to get your reaction. Governor Cuomo was on uh, WNYC radio earlier today, and you know he sort of didn't make uh, too much of a of a stink about the notion that counties are are saying they want to they plan to opt out if marijuana is legalized. But he did say that these decisions coming out at this point to say that you'll opt out are definitely not helping get um, one of his top priorities here, marijuana legalization, to happen. Um, do you have any response to that, you know, that the governor has sort of said that this is this is unhelpful in getting this policy passed at the state level? You know, I totally understand that. And, uh, you know, I want to be helpful to the governor. I know he's got, uh, you know, budget to get done and needs revenue like, like I do. I, I completely sympathize and I do want to be helpful. But I also, you know, I like that he respects local control and he respects the local leaders to make decisions about their own municipalities. And he's, he's made that clear as well. And I do appreciate that. One final question, uh, County Executive. You know, you mentioned the, the issue of the, the border, the county borders, and the fact that if this is legalized elsewhere in the state, you'll have to deal with the fact that some of those effects, whether you participate or not, will, will come into Nassau County. Uh, it also works the other way, which is that if, if New York City is a place where this is legally sold, folks from Nassau County will be coming in, purchasing their marijuana here with whatever impact that has on those neighborhoods in terms of traffic, um, I don't know, related crime, and then going back home to to use it. Um, address that for someone who's living in Queens and wondering, you know, if they're going to end up sort of serving the habit of Nassau County marijuana users, what would you say to them that, that they are going to provide that service and Nassau County is not going to be bothered to participate as well? Well, you know, the city can make its choice and we need to make our choice. And my overall goal is to look out for the welfare of our residents. And, you know, I trust New York City to make its own choice. I've got to make my own choice with the evidence that I have at this point. So, you know, we'll see what happens. All right. I think we'll leave it there. We appreciate the time. Nassau County Executive Laura Kern, thanks so much for joining us here on WBI. And, you know, as we see what develops here uh, with legalization or maybe some other issues, we did want to grab you on um, property tax issues, but uh, but we're out of time for, for now. But we'll talk with you down the road. All right, I look forward to the next time. Thank you very much for a good conversation. Thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Max and Murphy on WBAI Radio, 99.5 FM, WBAI.org, listener-sponsored, non-commercial radio here every Wednesday at 5 p.m. It's Jarrett Murphy from City Limits, and I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. We are talking about marijuana legalization on today's show. We just heard from Nassau County Executive Laura Kern, who has uh, led a task force, as she explained, and, and decided that uh, Nassau will opt out of being home to 
marijuana sales if the state does legalize it. And coming up soon, we'll hear from Assemblymember Richard Gottfried, who has been a longtime proponent of legalizing marijuana, and we'll get his response to some of what she said and his take on where things are at in Albany. Jarrett, your thoughts on the things that the county executive had to say? Well, she argues her case very clearly and, and cogently, and I think she raises some interesting points. I think what's perhaps more interesting is the question you raised, which is about the fact that to some degree the ship has left its dock and and there is going the, the impacts that folks might be worried about attendant to legalization, whether it's you know increased possibility of people driving while high, uh, impact on what people in the school age population are encountering, to some degree part of a spectrum that has been in play for a very long time uh, and increasing just because of the fact that this is going to be all around us. Other states are legalizing. Their people come through New York State. So questions about how police deal with drivers, how schools deal with the perhaps even greater abundance of access to marijuana. I think those questions are here now. And so what I didn't hear from her was what steps Nassau County and its towns are going to take to begin addressing those needs because they have to be addressed whether New York State says yes or no to legalization because it is it is happening through decriminalization, through greater cultural acceptance. A lot of those pressures are going to build on every place, whether we legalize it or not, it seems to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in some ways, I guess, you know, we can ask Assemblymember Gottfried about this, but, you know, in some ways, when you legalize recreational marijuana, you know, in some ways you're adding pressures, in some ways you're relieving other pressures, right? And it's it certainly is about uh, that balance. You know, they seem to talk about it a lot, or she seemed to talk about it a lot for Nassau County relative to the revenue. Um, but, you know, a lot of folks do really think about this in a, as a criminal justice issue, first and foremost. Um, and, you know, she mentioned, obviously, issues around that. And she seemed very, I think, sympathetic. I mean, we didn't get too into it. But, you know, she seemed fairly sympathetic on the criminal justice front about disproportionate impact and, and records of folks um, who've been arrested on marijuana charges. Um but you know the other the other very real question is be, is about this concept of being ready to implement and the notion of you know being able to test for and enforce driving under the influence that's very real um, the issue about whether there is quite a bit more access and, you know, removing at least some of what remains of any taboo for young people, that's a very real question. So, um, you know, I think it's not surprising to me that these Long Island counties are more conservative on on this issue. Um, but And I do think it's it's quite interesting that the governor is insisting on this opt-out aspect of, of legalization if it happens. Interesting, too, I think, and in, in tied up in a lot of that is the timetable. I believe the proposal was yes. to have it take effect next year in 2020. Uh, and I wonder if during the discussions that are going on now, if any of the discussions with the county executives that have opted out, if pushing that timeline forward was ever or back um, was ever considered, you know, giving places more time to prepare and gear up. Obviously, that would cut into the revenue side of when those revenues could be expected. Um, but it is a serious issue. And, and I think question of, you know, whether it needs to happen in, in 11 or 12 months or whether it could perhaps happen in 24 months, given the urgency of those criminal justice issues, which are very urgent. And I think it's, it's as I mentioned in one of my questions, it is easier, I think, to identify the risks of the of the new um, than to 
realize the evils of the current system that we've become very, very used to. And I think even because of some of the decriminalization and the lessened law enforcement activity around this, some of those pressures have been relieved, at least to the visibility of um, of officials and of most polite company, um, even if it's still having a very serious effect on a lot of lives um, as we speak. Right. And, and, you know, this is true, I think, on a lot of um, what are considered by many to be lower level nonviolent offenses is that, at least in New York City, enforcement has dropped in a very significant way, but racial disparities continue, continue to, to persist. Yep. And, and as as folks have rightly said, you know, yes, that might be considered progress to many, but it, but no, it's not. It's not the issue is not solved. And um, you know, she seemed again to to acknowledge that and be aware of that. And I think some of the questions will be how the criminal justice aspect of any legalization comes in, and maybe Nassau and others are able to just not be home to dispensaries and you know deal with the rest as as they're mandated to. Um, before we get to our second guest here, um, I just want to put this in a little bit more perspective, which is that state budget negotiations are ongoing. This was seen as it as it was going to be one of the most contentious issues of state budget season. But now it seems like because there hasn't been three-way agreement or really seemingly close enough to it that the, that the governor has said he's removing revenue projections for marijuana sales from his budget plans and, um, you know, sort of moving on to other topics that he thinks he's closer with the legislature on. But, you know, we'll ask Assemblymember Gottfried about this, but I've heard State Senator Liz Kruger, who's a Senate sponsor of the marijuana legalization bill, I've heard her say that she doesn't feel like they're that far apart with the governor's office. So as I said, I don't know that we should count this out until we see a final budget. Yeah, I think this might just be a timeout. And I think from, uh, you know, to pull back and be uh, a true governor government nerd, people have lamented for several years the fact that so much gets crammed into the state budget process in New York. That's happened since Governor Pataki. It certainly happens under Governor Cuomo. Marijuana uh, legalization has a revenue impact, so there is some logic to it. But I think the idea of separating out big issues like this for after the budget for the rest of the session is just speaking from a procedural standpoint, not a horrible thing. It does mean we will potentially have a more exciting May and June than we otherwise would have, April, May, and June, because you have rent regulations, marijuana legalization, and perhaps some other stuff too. Right. We'll see what else falls out. You very well could have uh, mayoral control of city schools still up in the air. That expires in June. Um, there's all sorts of other things. You know, uh, the the if the revenue is not for next fiscal year, then yes, you can easily move it out of this budget and do it as a policy item later on. But you can also do it even if the revenue was for this next fiscal year, you can adjust the revenue projections, you know, for the budget. I mean, those opportunities exist. So, you know, the governor has a lot of leverage in budget negotiations. And he also rightly has said that a budget deadline gives you a deadline. It gives you a, a point at which to try to get to consensus on things, as does the end of the state legislative session, as you indicated, which is in June. So they're really, you know, we're halfway through the state year in the second half of the year, always, you know, legislators are almost exclusively back in their districts. So it is crunch time, at least in the budget negotiations due April 1st. And the governor is saying, we got to make decisions. Now, to put it further into context, as he said, he's sort of moving that off the table, seemingly, 
the other things that he's saying must be decided on that they don't seem to have agreement on yet are things very other very complicated things like congestion pricing and MTA reform, public campaign finance reform. Uh, you know, maybe they're dealing with this question of mayoral control of schools. It seems like some Democrats are very interested in making some tweaks to the system while also extending mayoral control of city schools. Um, not to mention, you know, we barely heard about environmental policy. So there's a lot of things on the table, and marijuana is very complicated. And if they're moving that to after the budget, as you said, maybe that makes a lot of sense. What's interesting, and I, I don't know how big a deal this is, is that some of these elements are closely linked together. Um, there is, as you mentioned, criminal justice reform. Obviously, that could link to marijuana legalization. But congestion pricing and the plan that the mayor and governor put forward to try to deal with the MTA, marijuana legalization and the revenue derived from it was part of that. There were not a lot of details about how much money was going to come. It wasn't going to be all of the revenue, but it was part of that picture of trying to say how much of the MTA's to-do list will congestion pricing pay for, and if it doesn't pay for all of it, where will the rest come from? Well, one potential source is marijuana revenue. Um, And I don't know that taking that off the table for now is a deal killer for congestion pricing, but it does add to the idea that there are these very complicated uh, questions facing Albany, and a lot of them are interrelated. And and we've and there's also been talk about adding in the pied terre tax and you know, you have all these different revenue items and there's even been a push you know I sort of connected this but with the marijuana side and this moral question versus revenue there's even been this push to license casinos downstate even in New York City which people had sort of put a moratorium on so all those things start coming back into play.